and welcome to the Deja Review podcast, where a group of film lovers get together and discuss a cult or a classic film that one or more of them has just watched for the very first time. I'm Mike Cairns. As always, I'm joined by Kane Porkchop Daniel. Who are you? Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I'm I'm LCD ah! Godfrey. I'm LCD sound system. James frontman James Murphy. <laughs> Sam Seabass Godfrey. Uh, hey, how are you? And returning once again, it's old mate Alex Heath. Yeah. Hello. Woo-hoo. You may call me ED two oh nine. ED. And uh, we did watch the nineteen eighty seven classic Paul Verhoeven Robocop 87 87 oh shit we were <laughs> watching the 2014, 2014 one <laughs> <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are in cahoots <laughs> do you know what I also thought of that joke and I'm really really grumpy that you stepped on it <laughs> stepped on your bed so um, yeah so uh, we watched the 1987 uh, Robocop uh, and Alex this was your first viewing of said cult classic it um, was uh, yeah what's your sort of any any pre uh, conceptions about it or what was your yeah what was your history with it yeah well I mean it surprised me that I hadn't seen it. I mean there's always going to be gaps in your like canonical films and cult films of it, that we know took your cohort by storm, as this one obviously did. But um, <laughs> your cohort, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I and I particularly surprised that I hadn't seen it because, and I think I mentioned this last time when we were talking about the rock that you know the old uh, internalized misogyny meant that I completely disavowed all like quote unquote girly feminine things when I was a teenager. So you would think I would be ripe for uh, watching RoboCop, but somehow it did not happen. Um, and my preconceptions of it were that obviously I, I have seen some, uh, you know, other Paul Verhoeven movies, so I was expecting it to be, you know, indulging the ultra violence and what the, do we got? We got basic instinct. Yeah, basic instinct. Your showgirls. Recall. Total recall. Uh, yeah, yeah Starship Troopers. Haven't seen Starship Troopers. Oh, I know, oh, I know, I know. Time. And it's I feel like this time. is kind of a similar vein in that it's one of those Paul Verhoeven movies where. Um, there's some sort of disagreement about where it falls upon the like spectrum between like reactionary eighties action movie and of you know of the the ilk and critique of said and critique of said and mm. I went into it thinking it was going to be a lot. Uh, I was like, I'm going to find the real re- correct answer. Yeah, yeah, that's how I went it's into it. It's pretty indistinct, huh? Yeah, yeah. Kane, what's what your uh, it was it was a film that uh yeah my cohort all loved it was like a daring like secret movie cuz it was rated R or whatever mm-hmm. i never saw it until well into my 20s yeah hmm. um and i and i i don't know maybe I was shitfaced when i watched it it all seemed pretty fresh to me this time around yeah what uh, about you Seb? Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I grew up with it. I had a copy on VHS. It was one of those things that, it, although it was R-rated, it's still, I feel like there was no filter in our household, really, my old man. <laughs> he didn't, yeah, he, he was pretty open you to... You surprised me from all the stories that you told me about your dad. Uh, but yeah, maybe, yeah, I watched this a lot. I watched this a lot. I watched this with Terminator. I watched the hell out of Terminator 2. Uh, but this would definitely be... Uh, the robot film that I watched second most to the Terminators. Yeah, um, I was going to say, it feels like people fall into the two camps. We yeah. 
Yeah. Did you feel a need to? No, no, they were just like not partisan. Any part, part man, part robot. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm I'm in. All in. in. Like, I mean, all in. (laughs) To the extent that this is a satire, which I guess we'll get into. Mm. Like, like, Mm. were were you engaging with that at all? Oh, not as a kid. I mean, I knew that the. I'm like, man, these. That he's shooting this guy for a really long time. Did it seem it did seem ridiculous to you? Yeah, kind of. Well, kind of as but a kid, but at cool. the same time, you're just like, this is cool. Like, yeah, it's giving yeah, me what I know, want. But now, when you watch it, you watch it now, and these, this guy's like being shot 500 times in the boardroom, and then someone's like, somebody get a goddamn paramedic. <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. like, this is hilarious. So you funny. Didn't, don't pick up on those things yeah, as a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a classic. It's like uh, it's got a lot to say. It's got a lot of subtext, which is which is pretty. Uh, people write it off as probably the name as well. Robocop doesn't lend itself to being a, a heavy hitter, but like mm. there's so much subtext to it that um, that does get lost. Yeah. Um, especially when you're a kid. But yeah. <laughs> is there a lot of subtext though? Well, yeah, there is. I think it's super text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You? I, th- I I mean, you know, this is this is something people always say about Robocop is that, oh, man, it's actually really an incisive satire. And yeah. I don't know whether that's true. As, well, we as Alex said, that. I think it's pretty up on the surface yeah. and it's pretty silly. I, I don't think that, that those those rivers run particularly deep. It's not a slam necessarily. But mm. we haven't asked Mike. Oh, right. What oh, is well, history I, with Robocop? Uh, my history is, I, to be honest, I watched this for the first time maybe four or five years ago. Hmm. Um, just again because there it was a, a gap in my, you know, yep. in my viewing, and um, I really enjoyed. I just loved loved it so much more. Like even on second viewing, just remembering like uh, the just some of the the lines and um, was it um, uh, and and it is certainly. Something that uh, when you, it's one of those things that you watch where you hear lines that I've heard people say, you know, mm. um, a bunch of times. It, it was, um, uh, I love it. Um, can you fly, Bobby? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Quite and I'm just, it's so good. Um, but um, yeah, and, no, I think it's great. Like, I just love uh, how I think it's sort of almost um, like I love how it just starts. Like it's just yeah. bang straight into it. Robocop, go that like, type. That, and yeah. that logo yeah. type is um, all time. It sort of reminded yeah. me a little bit of um, uh, like watching The Fly as well. Like mm. how it just gets straight into yeah. it. Mm. There's no faffing around. It's 90 minutes, not even, and it's it's done. You know, and I kind of I just like that sort of efficiency. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's I uh, I I really really enjoy it mm. um but um well yeah like let's um uh sort of uh yeah unpack what uh yeah well sort of, it what's rules here, what's first of all <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. it rules it, it rules. rules it still rules can i can i just go back to that logo mm. type it is very iconic we Super uh iconic. we watched flesh and steel the making of robocop ah, cool. oh, since i got i got a good version of the nice. completely I, legally no i i purchased the blu-ray Mm, yeah. <laughs> the Criterion Collection. Yeah, um, those Criterions. But, 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 but are, they, yeah. they had pictures of the script and stuff, and it had the same, uh, the same word mark or whatever. So I, it, it makes me feel like that that pre like it yeah. wasn't done post production or anything. I just kind of found that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe literally, like Paul Verhoeven was like just coming, like not, he hadn't even come up with the concept of the 
the film or written anything, but he was like writing it, like doing doodles in his <laughs> in his sketchbook, and he's like RoboCop. That sounds sick. Well, according yeah. to Flesh and Seal, the making of RoboCop, like he was he was um, he was pretty unwilling. Um, really? Yeah. And uh, he thought the name was dumb. Yeah. And it was Martine, his wife, who encouraged him to yeah, take well, another look. Yeah, he threw the script out a couple of yeah. times. He's like, no mm-hmm. way. This sounds like he was trying to make his foray into American cinema and trying mm. to make his mark. And he's like, I'm going to make the American the American action movie. I'm going to land. This is me. And he this this hit his desk and he's like, this is the dumbest shit <laughs> I've ever heard from page one. Yeah. And his wife gave it another read and said, there's actually some underlying some stuff, stuff in, in this. There's like, you, you should give this another your... read. Is this, yeah, yeah so I, like, had he, uh, so he'd made European films. He'd made European this. films. But, he'd yeah. made Dutch films. Dutch films. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dutch. <laughs> Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, he was getting well, pissed off at the government, uh, which he was saying in, what, Flesh and Steel, the making of Robocop. Yep. Um, <laughs> so th- this is the episode where we recount what we learnt in Flesh, in and, Flesh Steel, and Steel, the making yep. of Robocop. Yep. Um, we learnt that one of the writers is the smuggest goddamn prick there ever was. Oh, but go what on. a surprise. Yeah. Um, that, yes, he was finding the, gov- the uh, newly uh, elected more liberal left-wing government in in Holland at the time to be, uh, you know, really kind of shitting on his uh, style and saying he's Mm. perverted and uh, decadent and... Hell yeah. So, (laughs) off to America. (laughs) The home of perverts and decadence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, um, I I couldn't find any global box office for it, Um, but at the time it was 13 million production. Um, and made $53 million in the US. So, I mean, it certainly made its money back, but that was just in the US, mm. and it made a heap of money on VHS. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, couldn't, I could, could not scour the internet but could not find a global box office for it, but it certainly did very well. Um, mm. And there were two sequels. I watched number two, and that's a bucket of shit. Don't watch um, the sequels. The villain's yeah, called Kane in that, Kane. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, and apparently number three is even worse. So uh, it's got a jetpack in three. Well. Yeah. Does he Was there the a show with PG? PG show I, think, well. I think number three is yeah. PG. Like it's, Ooh. yeah. And it's, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not Peter Weller either. Yeah. Um, Right, yeah. Does he, so he puts the helmet back on. I was going to say because I feel like it's pretty um, momentous when he, you know, he's fighting without the helmet, and it seems like kind of a backward step for him to then go back and put the helmet back on. Yeah, but if it's not it Peter on, Weller, then he's on, yeah. you yeah. would probably put the helmet back. Yeah, on. I mean, what a jawline, <laughs> though, right? What a oh, jawline. He's an odd-looking fellow. And I just like yeah. to apologize in advance if I say Paul Weller at any point. I, was, I feel like this is bound <laughs> to happen. As I said it out loud, I was like, Should I get wait, that which right? one? <laughs> But yeah, he wasn't first choice player. It was they wanted Arnie or uh, Rutger Hauer to play. Oh, Rutger Hauer, but but both of them too bulky. He would have looked mm, like yeah. Robocop would have looked like the Michelin Man. So they had to find this slender, every man, slender man with a delicious chin, mm. which they did. And and he pouty kissable lips. Yeah, yeah. that Cupid's that bow. Yeah, you could yeah. write a sonnet about. Yeah, yeah, totally. Buckaroo Banzai himself. Yeah, I know, right? But you know, he went full. He went full method as well. He's a method actor. He's like a theater actor, and he insisted everyone call him Robo the entire, <laughs> the entire. Not Murphy. Show. No, Robo. He Murphy. Robo. 
Nobody um, has to become Murphy again. That's true. I do love how they, um, like, uh, one of my notes is he's not the um, the most agile of heroes, like, because they they really commit to him being a rope, like, yeah, yeah. robot. He's a robot. Yeah, no, but, like, <laughs> but it's, and, and like, even when the uh, ED-209 is, like, shooting missiles at him and stuff, his, like, diving out of the way is still so, like, <laughs> it's great. Did you see like, the wire and, in one of those yes. rockets? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was that, just so obvious. Yeah. Anyway, um, I really, I, I have to say, the one of the things that first struck me about the movie was how impressive his performance is physically. And we found out in Question Still Making a Film that he had a mime coach, and it yeah. fucking paid off. Yeah, his absolutely. movements are incredible. Yeah. I really find his performance just. Yeah. Sublime, almost. Mm. Mime coach was the head of movement at Juilliard. Oh, mm. hello. <laughs> he goes straight That's to a the top. Quite a pedigree. <laughs> but it is interesting, right? Like he isn't. He isn't doing like I am a robot. Yeah, no. It's, and it's, <laughs> you know it's, it's the way he moves his arms cop. when he yeah. draws his weapon. It's the way he. It is kind of its own thing. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, and and yeah. It, and it doesn't. <laughs> and it feels, the foley yeah. definitely helps. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm assuming that, that was just mo- like they just got um, uh, what's his name, Motormouth Jones from Police Academy, just on set, right? Oh yeah. What the fuck is his name? Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any of the other spin-off? Like, or obviously it spawned a cartoon, and it spawned like he he had a, a little stint on WCW wrestling as really, yeah, really? pay per view event. Yeah, I did this WrestleManiacs. Super edit, super cut thing a couple oh, of years back, yeah. and yeah, he was in that. He um, yeah, it, it's amazing. He did like as in Peter Weller. Yeah, uh, I assume it was Peter Weller. Although, although this is post, it. this is post uh, Robocop three, so it's probably oh, not. Probably, no. but he also did uh, Korean Korean fried chicken commercials in Korea. I watched one this morning. It is amazing. Stop this podcast. Get on YouTube. <laughs> uh-huh. Watch it. He basically uh, torments this Korean woman that's cooking fried chicken in her. He comes out of the TV, the kids watching, torments this woman and steals her fridge, eats her chicken. I don't know how he eats a chicken. He hasn't got any internal. I don't know why he's hungry. He's got baby food. Yeah, he does. Yes, he's got a very a basic. A rudimentary paste. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he steals a fridge and, and, like, smashes through the wall. Watch it. It's great. But, yeah. Done. I don't know. All right, but stop the, the But there was a whole thing where, like, uh, the, the, the kind of idea of Robocop transmuted into a uh, – it's for kids thing, right? Yeah, and and like it's and so li- listen, listen, listen to Robo. Like he's he's somebody you look up to. Or totally. whatever. Like that's that was in the culture. That's the third cool. one, I think. The third one is is right. a kids film essentially. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But there, there was, but I think that was happening at the time as well. Like like it's like that. It was it was dialogue that was completely detached from the movie. In Flesh and Steel, the making of Robocop. <laughs> there was this picture of like somebody in a Robocop outfit with Richard Nixon. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, it was really weird. That's weird. Um, yeah. But it's it's just funny to think for the of, Boy like, Scouts of America. I don't think it was Richard Nixon. Was it Richard Nixon? Yeah, like it was okay. Nixon. At a tie into that whole dare to keep kids off drugs kind yeah. of. It was yeah. it was yeah. it was that kind of discourse. You Stay know what in I mean? school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's yeah. just sort of like has Paul Verhoeven made a prominent movie that hasn't been misinterpreted or like n- not taken the way that. It was kind of intended, you know what I mean? Like Robocop is a grotesque, and it's like meant to be absurd and stuff. You know, uh, Starship Troopers, totally. uh, famously, kind of 
Total um, recall. Just people, th- yeah, total recall, um, basic instinct to some degree, right? Like that's that's meant to be kind of yeah. like farcical and well, silly in its own it's way, right? Comedy, isn't it? But I kind of feel like there's <laughs> there's a lot to be said about a European director shooting, making American films, and kind of it's their take on what they think in Amer- the American culture. Like, yeah. there's mm. literally he he knew so little about um, the the whole American subtext in the script that there that he said to um one of the script writers like there's a part in there's your i'll do it in the dutch accent there's a part in this script where uh this uh, character says to his other friends uh you know hey brother but uh, where where previously does it describe that they are family <laughs> so, so like over, man he's, he's just <laughs> fucking he fucking rules he's so good yeah that's why like the remakes the total recall remake and the, the robocop remake just completely missed the mark because they well, they, they don't get any of that. All of that. They removed they? all of that stuff. Have you seen the the Robocop remake, the 2014? I watched half I, I it off. Yeah. Okay. I had to switch it off. No. Um, it, a, was, it was nothing. There's you know a bit I mean? in, in it Michael where they Keaton's actually show out. the old suit and then there's a line where someone says, that looks like some dumb piece of shit from an old action 80s action movie. And you're like, oh, my God, you are shitting on the content that you are actually trying <laughs> to... Yep. Yeah, yeah, we're only like, here because disregard. we like that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Michael Keaton was good in it, though. Well, yeah, right. speaking of uh, cast, like I, mm. there's some great. Like, yeah, it's character actor Agogo. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Like, yeah, well, um, uh, Kurt Wood Smith. Mm. Yeah, in 1987, brilliant. read from that 70s show, can get it. Yeah, like, oh, really? Yeah, he can get it. Oh, that smile. Oh yeah, impish. Guns, 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 guns. guns. I love it. That's he when kills. He, sticks, he, sticks <laughs> he his two fingers kills. in a glass of red wine. I know yeah. that uh, that red wine was such like a good touch. Like it was like so extraneous. You know what I mean? Even that, even that the drug dealer guy was holding it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you were saying Ray yeah. Wise can get it also <laughs> in 1987. What about Miguel Ferrer? Oh man, Actually, he's so good. Can sort of maybe get it. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. on a date. <laughs> R.I.P. Miguel Ferrer. What about Nancy Allen? Can get it. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, my note was Nancy Allen. Vava voom. <laughs> she's, she's a babe. This is Paul McCrane for me. There's something sexy about Paul McCrane. <laughs> Who's Paul He's McCrane? The, the, the um, balding guy who looks kind of like uh, oh, yeah, a yeah, sharper yeah. featured Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. The, the, yep, guy, yep, the yep. guy who turns Definitely. into a, a uh, into a mud monster. Oh, yeah. Emil. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. They definitely yeah. um the the villain uh, crew definitely tick the diversity box as well. There's like we've got the the Asian guy and there's the the redhead and there's a black guy and there's a white guy and, there's and the a, black guys seem to be coded yeah, as gay yeah, as well. The, the famous like, race yeah. redheads. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that that might be. I, I assumed that that might have been something that Paul Verhoeven was wanting to do, but then we watched. Um, And he described uh, one of the um, the screenings that they did as being comprised of ethnics, and I'm like, actually, (laughs) maybe you're super fucking probo. This is is what's fascinating about Paul Verhoeven to me is is that like he's ostensibly like a liberal, and I kind of mean liberal as a slur. You know what I mean? But he's the kind of like. He presents himself as on the left somehow, but like his behavior and his work, you you squint your eyes and you're like, really? You know what I mean? It, he he says and does things that uh, seem uh, it's they could go either way. 
Yes. Well, they had um, Yosh. Um, and also um, uh, the two um, Jesse Perkins and Casey Wong, the uh, the hosts of the like the the the, um, the news anchors. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's Lisa Gibbons from Entertainment Tonight. Whoa. Yeah. As I didn't recognise her. Yeah, she was, and and I looked it up because I remember like I remember Lisa Gibbons. She was on Entertainment Tonight for like twenty years. Yeah. And apparently, uh, Casey Wong and I've haven't written down the actor's name, but he was apparently the first Asian-American uh, ever, like, in a film, uh, like, uh, with, a, like, a leading role or something like that hmm. in the 70s. Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah um, it's, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, so he's got, like, <sighs> Alex, what, like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, what did you think overall, like, um, I thought it was, it was, look, it was interesting. I thought the, the critique of, I thought it was interesting that they had this dystopian future and what makes it dystopian is that corporations control what might have otherwise been publicly owned, um, like utilities or, um, you know, forces in, in the society. So the fact that it's like neoliberalism is the cause of this, this mm. terrible problem, like why we're trying to like turn the police into like a money making um, venture for like a you know global firm. I thought that was interesting, but it definitely still was like. And and I know that the like the the overkill and the violence is supposed to like it draws your attention to it. It draws its attention to itself in a way that again makes you feel. Like it's mocking it and it's making it silly, but ultimately you are supposed to cheer for Robocop and his like, you know, by the end like extrajudicial like powers and his, um, you know, penis shooting. Pe- I was all right with that one, but it was more Ladies, towards. You have suffered an emotional shock. I will notify the rape crisis center. That was pretty great, but ultimately Robocop just brings as is described, there's more firepower and a more blunt, like, approach to fighting crime than than a, than a human and is just... And when we are supposed to cheer for him when he decides that he's just going to kill um, mm. everyone. Rodi- everyone. But, but maybe it's making us think about why we're cheering. No, I don't man. think... It, no, I, I don't actually think it does, though. I think it it could be argued that it operates on that level, but it is... I don't know. I don't think it really does a lot of work. I think it, it's not. I don't think it's a satire. I think no, there and and it's described by the writers as a satire. There's a lot I of satirical stuff in there. It, it's parodic. <laughs> I would say like yeah. it's parodic and it's parodic in a really blunt yeah. way yeah. in the kind of Paul Verhoeven way of like just literally interjecting like a news, a news. Or a commercial, yeah. so that you just get fucking hit over the head with this. Uh, yeah, there's uh, no subtle subtext. No, it. I um, think satire is a bit more yeah. of a, a worldview and a like something that you might spread across and 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 make part of the world of this cinema yeah. cinema project where this is just 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sat- it's, a, just, it's some jokes. Satire, at the- satire is meant to be like a, a rapier across the belly of of something, but this is just like a sledgehammer, just like yeah. at, at somebody's head. Yeah. You know what there I mean? Are, there are like I love at the is like the very last scene when he's in the boardroom and he shoots the you know the bad guy and Johnson, who is like um, Miguel Ferrer's friend, just gives him a thumbs up. Yeah. He's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that like, been in well a bunch done, of big guy. Oh, that was so funny. Johnson rules. Yeah. Under he should have had more scenes. I yeah. really enjoyed him. Actually, yeah. is he in Die Hard? No. He's not in Die Hard? Uh, no. Yeah, he's the safe yeah, cracker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's the safe no, cracker, right? You sure? Guaranteed. Let's look it up. And so. if you're wrong, you're look racist, so up. better edit it down. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> confident in right. my okay. knowledge. Well, you know what isn't racist? Sponsors. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Everyday Coffee. Every day I drink Everyday Coffee, which is every day. I'm glad that Everyday Coffee is there for me every day I drink coffee, which, again, is every day. Here's an incomplete list of things I can do now I drink every day, every day. Brew a perfect cup of Java. Engage with my life with increased mental acuity. Understand that there's beauty in the world and that it's not a psychological deficiency to appreciate it. Send emails before I write them. Orgasm at will. Quickly sketch what my friends and family would look like if they were Muppets. Understand the objective truth about whether I can get another wear out of a pair of pants before washing them. Vaccinate children just by looking at them. Beat the world record speedrun of Super Mario Brothers. Spend time in space like a Combine Onet Ober Advancer Mercantile Space Guild Navigator from Frank Herbert's classic science fiction novel Dune. And though I haven't tested it, I'm pretty sure my feces are edible now. So get yourself down to Everyday Coffee on Johnson Street for a cup of joe or a bag of beans. The only thing stopping you is your fear of being happy. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I remember Paul McCrane from um, ER. Did you ever watch oh, ER? Paul oh, Paul McCrane's the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, used to watch, I would, used to watch sad. ER all the time and he was, he was the... Uh, he was the brash egotist surgeon, you know what I mean? Mm. God complex. Hmm. Was that yeah. most of the surgeons on that though? Uh, Clooney, I don't think was, so. they were all kind of yeah, like. Clooney, Clooney wasn't a surgeon. He was, was he it? was he was a pedi- he was an emergency pediatrician. Oh really? Yeah. He was Fuck, a dish. I, I got fucking <laughs> ER knowledge. Wow. <laughs> he was a dish, and, um, and Goose was in it. He Goose. was, yeah, oh, Anthony yeah. Edwards. Mm. I did. Uh, did you notice the um, at the? The police station, um, it was a uh, unisex change room as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. I did notice because yeah. I saw boobs. Well, boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see any boobs. No, 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 totally. Yeah, that's that's yeah. actually – so he, he had a little flash in the pan with, with Robocop and he's like, I want to make this like a futuristic sexless society where they, they, share a, they share a change room, they both get nude in front of each other, male, female – but it kind of went over the top of everyone's heads mm. in Robocop. So he's like, I need to do this again. And Starship he did it far, Troopers. far more yeah. obviously in Starship Troopers. Um, yeah. But let's just say that bit of VHS was well worn out <laughs> on my home copy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but to be honest, for a 1987 action movie, this was far less booby than I would have imagined. Well, again, they inject it yeah. with the, uh, what was it? Oh, shit, I've already forgotten the catchphrase. I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. That's where you got your tick quotient in. And even if it meant just kind of putting a TV in the frame 
and then have someone watch were it. There, were there I feel like, like actual there was a... boobs? In yeah. The windows? yeah. Yes. She puts her boobs in a it puts a her boobs in a cake at one point. Oh, God, I missed that bit. Must be on the Criterion collection. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> well, definitely there's, there's a deleted scene where, where which is that very. It's probably titty. the the the. the where would I? Where, uh, just for research purposes. <laughs> the, the least booby of um, Verhoeven's films, I reckon. Like, you think of like what's the most memorable bit of Total Recall? It's you know what's the Arnie's performance? Yeah, definitely, where his <laughs> eyes pop out. That's what I was thinking. You guys make me sick. Um, <laughs> no, like basic instinct. He kind of has. He's got a shtick. He's got a, like a. He's a he's a sexy little Dutchman. He's a very horny Dutchman. <laughs> he's very very <laughs> horny Dutchman. <laughs> very horny Dutchman. <laughs> it's a new children's book. Um, Seb, what's um, like on? Mm sort of re-watching, like, uh, can you think of, like, have you watched this recently, uh, as what? in, apart from watching it for this? I think I watched it last year. Okay. Um, but I definitely, I think it was more of a uh, 2 a.m., had a few, I'm going to put this on, this will be funny kind of yep. thing, and I wasn't watching it with the same eyes that I was watching it with uh, last night or the mm-hmm. night before, whenever it was. And it's, it is, I mean, yeah. It's the kind of film that plays to the smartest person in the room, the dumbest person in the room at the same time. You can be, you can take this with a grain of salt. You can just watch it like this dumb action movie, or you can think about what it's trying to say. But I, I don't think we should give Paul Verhoeven too much credit because in interviews and I don't know, I, I feel like people look into this and think it's this really super, super smart film. But I don't know how, um, no. I don't know how much he's really like. I, I know, um, uh, in in one interview, he said, Peter Weller said that he, as I said earlier, he wanted everyone to call him Robo and play be full method the whole time. Uh, Verhoeven got two weeks into this and went, I can't, I can't do it. It's still funny. It's still funny. I'm not, I'm not going to call you Robo. I'm going to call you Peter. Like, you're fucking with this guy. He's like, he's trying to go full method on this and you, you, you won't let him be an actor. <laughs> so I don't know how much credit, credit we should really give Verhoeven here. But um, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. You would no matter According how you look to... Flesh and Steel, the making of Robocop. It's quite a um, troubled set. Like, yeah, right. yeah, nobody liked each other. Mm. Um, the guy, the guy who made the Robocop suit, like, w- just flat out didn't talk to Paul Verhoeven anymore. There was so much acrimony and stuff. And he gave it to him the day, first day of shooting. They had yeah. no time to test. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yikes. That first, the first time uh, Peter Well put it on, he had to. It took eleven hours to get him into it. Because they need to kind of shave it down and kind yeah. of like fit it to him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was some concept art that looked at, and at one point he looked more or less exactly like Judge Dredd. Well, that's the thing. I was going to yeah. say, this is a total, like, a, it leans on Judge Dredd really heavily, right? The whole like dystopian thing and the helmet, the whole look mm-hmm. of it. Um, so there were two writers. There was a, I can't remember their names, but one guy was working on a script uh, called Supercop about a um, half-man, half-machine, kind of probably closer to what Robocop became. And then the other guy was working on a uh, sort of dystopian cyborg cop. He basically was a, a assistant props on Blade Runner. He was like an assistant. Um, he was like a scriptwriter assistant, you know, doing whatever he could, shit kicker around um, the studio lot, you know, filming Blade Runner a lot of a nighttime. So after he'd knock off, he'd go across to the Blade Runner set and just – steal ideas and and just make props and do things. He was working for free over there and he was working on this little script for this cyborg um, future cop kind of And thing. wrote a much better film than Blade Runner. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding, of course. 
But and then they they smudged their um, scripts together. And, yeah. And one one one, one of born. the guys seems he was just so super conceited, and it does that Hollywood behind the scenes thing when you see so, so much where he like comes across like the most obvious fucking shit ever and thinks he's he's a just genius. come up with a, yeah yeah there, there, there was actually, there was actually a perfect example of that kind of thing from a different person in that documentary which is the composer mm. he says so i was using the electronic synthesizer sounds to kind of like talk about like his you know his robotic nature and then there's like orchestration which kind of like speaks to his humanity yep. and women's got like oh Whoa. wow yep. fucking yeah. i've justified branding jobs like that in the past <laughs> yeah. where you reverse engineer some rationale it's kind of like yeah my my favorite but yeah. also trying to sorry we're trying to present that as like Genius. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, so. so my favorite example of that is um, I think this was when um, I, th- I think Quincy Jones did some stuff for Austin Powers 2. And I remember watching <laughs> like it was some little five minute thing about it. But it was interview, and this was like what, 1999, 2000 or something like that. And they were interviewing Quincy Jones. And they said, So, Quincy, who do you think is like, you know, who's the next up and coming? Like, who do you, you know, like who's under uh, on the underground and, you know, is coming up? It was like, well, there's this young man named Usher. At that point, Usher had sold about 100 million albums. It was like, thanks for the hot tip, <laughs> Quincy Jones. Hey, like, it's Quincy Jones. He can say what he wants. Yeah, no, and, exactly, and, and, anybody's going to look like an underdog to Quincy, to Quincy Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. After working I think those Rolling Stones, makes... I think these Beatles are going to really uh, hit the... <laughs> he makes beautiful children too. Rashida Jones is that is just true. out of control. That gorgeous. is true. That is a fact, Seb. That, that is, is a fact. definitely a fact. You know what else is a fact? Is that... Is that a fact? 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 Yeah, it's a fact. Hey. All right. So here's a little game called Is That a Fact? And you are in the hot seat, Alex. And I'm sweating. I know. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll um, turn the heater off. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to present you with three facts. You have to tell me which one is the anti-fact, the fact that isn't true, a.k.a. known as, I'm just reading here, I'm trying to buy myself time while I read these things. <laughs> the non-fact. <laughs> the non-fact. All right. Fact number one, Paul Verhoeven became the first nominee to ever actually show up at the Razzie Awards. He personally accepted the Worst Director and Worst Picture Awards for Showgirls. Well, I know that he did that, but I don't know if he was the first and maybe that's the trick. So let's, I I feel like I've listened to so many of these, Seb, and I desperately, desperately want to win. And it's so hard because you're so good at it. But this time I'm fucking coming for you. I haven't given you the, the, (laughs) I haven't told you what you could win this time either. I have a packet of two minute noodles that has been sitting in a bowl out there for close to 40 minutes, however long we've been doing this. So it's very, very soggy. What flavour are we talking here? Oh, chicken. It's always chicken. Okay. Come on. Well, I'll renounce vegetarianism uh, yeah. <laughs> for this. There's very little chicken in this. Meal of a victor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fact two. Fact number two. In Sacramento, California, a robbery suspect fled into a darkened movie theatre to escape pursuing police. He became so engrossed in the movie playing on screen, Robocop, that he failed to notice that police had evacuated all other patrons from the theatre. When the lights flipped on, the stunned man was taken into custody. Mm. Interesting, interesting. A lot of details furnished there. I like the detail. The yeah. devil lies in them. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Rolls around. 
Fact number three. It took roughly four to six hours every day to get into the suit. Due to the heat of shooting in Texas, Peter Weller would have to drink fluids constantly, losing on average between five and eight pounds per day. This meant, yeah, this meant he had to urinate into a tube attached to his nether regions, which was collected in a bag by the back of his calf. Because he does got big, big cannonball calves on the yeah. thing, huh? Mm. He's just got a stadium pal. Yeah. Stadium pal, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah hmm. all right. Okay, well, well yeah. So right, we've I, got, I've got, I've got um, my guess as well, Kane. Yeah, me too. guess. Good. Yeah. Very good. Okay, can I, can I ask you, do you think it's fact number one, the Razzies, fact number two, the man taken into custody in the theatre, or fact number three, the uh, stadium pal? A.K.A. urinating into a sack, colostomy bag. I'm going to go with fact number two. Is the false one? Is the false one. I get to eat my own noodles. Fuck! You yes. made up the colostomy bag! Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, did. Oh, yeah. Because I had I'm... a feeling it was yeah. the colostomy Damn bag. It. Yeah. 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 But he did lose a lot of weight. Huh? He yeah. lost but on average between five and eight pounds per day Bloody and was hell. constantly having to take fluids in. They, they wanted to shoot it in Detroit originally yeah. and like make it like a proper Detroit feature, but the, the skyline didn't have that dystopian feel that uh, Texas did. <laughs> the Detroit does now. <laughs> the Dallas uh, 100%. does. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and so they took it up there, essentially making it about, it was about 100 degrees Fahrenheit every day there, which oh. he was just sweating. He was just in tinfoil, basically, mm. for 22 out of 24 hours a day. Fiberglass. Fiberglass. I think you'll find it's Where actually made you? out of tin foil. Where, hmm? where did you learn that? That'd be flesh and steel. This <laughs> was, was a pretty okay little... Every time you okay. say it, it sounds like a porn title. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was like Paul Verhoeven, like pretty much the first thing he says is like, I wanted it to be like Jesus killing Shatan. <laughs> just, he's, oh, Paul Verhoeven's the greatest. <laughs> the gore in this movie is... Fantastic! Yes, it's so one hundred percent. Just the uh, I, uh, the amount of squibs that they must have used. Well, it still holds <laughs> the record. That that scene in the boardroom where he gets shot uh, by Ed two hundred nine still holds the record for the most squibs used uh, in any scene. Like, and they had to reshoot. They had to. It was like two hours between uh, reshoots because they they shot it from so many different angles. There's yeah. like it's like ten different angles or something. It's so gratuitous and over the top. But they had to clean the whole set, wipe the blood off everything, put new props out. Wow. Resquib the guy. He had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of squibs on him. Yep. It's crazy. It's so great. And he has to land on a white model as well mm. of Delta City. <laughs> so that would just have made it that much more yeah. work to get Forgot it about cleaned that. Yeah. up. Because like, yeah. that's where he lands. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On a pure white yeah. model. Totally. Um, and I love when they... Uh, they kill Murphy and they're all there with like pump action shotguns yeah. and they yeah. are just yeah. unloading on him, but he's still yeah. standing up and he's still oh. alive. The best yeah. bit is when <laughs> they shoot like they would his have hand his off and he doesn't like, scream. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and he's like, he's in shock. And then, yeah. Oh, it's so great. Well, that went for, that went for like another minute longer, something yeah. just over the top in the, the original cut, the which was never officially released, but they submitted that, that original cut to the, uh, MPAA, whatever is mm. the the ratings police. <laughs> They're like, they what the fuck? Submitted it to them uh, six or eight different times with just taking a little bit off, and mm. then just like, and they got an X rating every time until they just took just the right amount off. Wow. They said it's an R rating now; you can release it. It's <laughs> that's crazy. Great. But that was he's like, well, that's just the whole region. He's like, you know, 
He's suddenly turned in Kermit the Frog. It's the whole region. The Swedish Kermit the Frog. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he um he tried to stick stick to his guns, but uh, <laughs> he uh, uh yeah. And then, but if you take that out, then it just becomes another another action movie. But I get where he's coming from. He's like, let's make this so grotesque mm-hmm. and so like just visceral, lurid. Just, yeah, let's just go make it disgusting, grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. Absurd. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's so crazy. Totally. Um, and, and like the when when all the bad guys get dispatched at the end as well, they all have kind of, uh, you know, um, interesting ways to go. Uh, mm. like toxic waste. Toxic waste guy. Yeah. That's, That's right. So that good. was That, that, that really took really it to good. another the, level. But also the, the, the makeup the re- effects look yeah. really fucking yeah. good in that. He's on screen for like. Five, ten seconds. Yeah, full, five full seconds. Daylight. And that would, would have been yeah. like a big, like uh, a really big makeup effect as well. Mm. Yeah. Did they get, because they, they they got nominated for two awards, but I don't think they got nominated for best visual effects. Or I don't think they, like it, it got nominated for two Oscars. I think makeup effects they got. Makeup uh, effects. But yeah, I don't think yeah. visual effects. Because, mm. uh, oh, yeah, like I guess that's 8209. At the time, that yeah, was pretty good. So. Yeah, it was um, pretty good. I, do yeah. Love, I also love how, like, 8209 is like an animal. Yeah, like it's yeah, a dog. They mix the, like the, the lion roar. Yeah, and, and like when it, when it when it's falling down the steps, it's like yeah. Arr, Arr, Arr. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. What's interesting really about um, ED two hundred nine? I don't know whether you noticed, but uh, it, it doesn't look super crappy, and it's a lot because there's motion blur on it. Hmm. There's this technology that Industrial Light and Magic developed called Go Motion, right. which was a way to get motion blur. On mm-hmm. on stop motion stuff, right. which is what really makes earlier stop motion look really terrible because mm. everything is a hundred percent exposed and crisp every frame. Mm. That's a lot of what makes stop motion look really janky. Yeah, hmm. um, and if you look at it, you'll notice that. And and to to and a lot of the times actually overdone. Like there's too much motion blur on it, but it does help sell it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And whenever it stops, it cuts to a real like a real model. You can you can actually see the reflection on it, and you're like, "That's kind of cool how they cut between the two. I you're think like, they this. did. I think considering what they had to work with, they did a really really good job, and it probably helped that the character is such a figure of mockery yeah. most of the time. Like it's only really scary in one or two scenes, and yeah. then it's like reaching its little toes out trying to balance itself on the steps, <laughs> the and steps. can't yeah, work so out yeah, how that to. Was so funny. It's or, like all this. Um, or when he blows the, the blows the one up at the the end, and then it just sort of walks into frame. Yeah, and with then its, it's just the top of it, like it's just yeah. its legs, and it falls over. Yeah. It's so that funny. Yeah. Okay, uh, GoMotion Go Motion was originally, I just looked it up, mm-hmm. it was originally developed for Empire Strikes Back with the Tauntauns. Mm. Ah. Sick. Mm. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, cool. no, like it, um, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, and to be honest, again, sort of rolling back to that, like, the, you know, the budget was $13 million. Like, they get everything out of that $13 million. Like yeah. The matte you know, paintings and yeah, beautiful. Yeah. There's some really stunning... Yeah, a lot of the camera work as well. Like I, I did like how he kind of cuts between, you know, like some really cool establishing shots and but also has a lot of camera movement where it needs to be to like amp up tension or like he's not afraid to change it up and switch it around and do yep. try different things. It's, it's very good. showy maximalist kind of technical filmmaking. Like mm. very early on there's those really long uh, tracking shots. Yeah. Through, you know what I mean? Well, the opening shot. With that tracking shot. Yeah, yeah. Really stunning. long and, and different people talking throughout. Yeah. yeah. And there's all that stuff like uh, 
um, and sort of when he's dying, the dream sequence, and the, it's his um, wife and son at the end of like the street and stuff, and they pull away, but while doing like a Hitchcock zoom or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's all the um, first person stuff. Like it's, it's, I don't know, I find that interesting because it's kind of a, it's, um, Scorsese trades in the same kind of thing, like being virtuistic with the kind of form of filmmaking itself. But it's kind of like, again, Verhoeven takes it to this kind of like lurid, over-the-top kind of, you know what I mean? Where 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 Martin Scorsese is interpreted as being tasteful and like... Well, he is Well, no, well uh, like <laughs> uh, credible in a way that Verhoeven is Certainly isn't more credible. But yeah. then he didn't, he doesn't have his showgirls. I, I feel well, like maybe the Verhoeven canon would be more respected without showgirls. I feel like that was a real But mistake. then there's, like, I love the, you know, the sort of to that point is that that scene in the in the warehouse and it's just pure carnage when mm. you know and and he is just uh, robocop is picking people off yeah. as he's walking and all these guys just haven't quite worked out that like and, the, and there's guys like 10 guys back who yeah. are still shooting and they're just seeing <laughs> everyone just getting nailed down and he's bulletproof clearly yeah, I, I had exactly <laughs> the same thought I was like, like i would leg it when, and when do, you, taking when do you think that this is going to start working yeah. they probably had too much yeah. cocaine from the cocaine <laughs> factory and they're like you know what <laughs> i'm gonna fucking take this guy Quick, down yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. so why doesn't it why do none of those bullets make it to his, to his jaw? Face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah. Quick fun facts about that little scene. He couldn't actually hear anything in the helmet and it was just loud as fuck anyway, but for the most part he couldn't hear much in that helmet anyway. But he had uh, his Walkman in listening to Peter Gabriel's uh, Red Rain. <gasps> I love Red Rain. Yeah, I love that album. Great, so great, what an incredible great album. Song. Stop this and podcast and go <laughs> and listen to Peter Gabriel's It's so pretty perfect. Guys, there's like, telling there's everyone blood to stop flying. <laughs> there's blood flying everywhere. say about the cocaine factory is great like cocaine those, factory the little uh, the vibes that they're beans. putting it into it's yeah. like fucking good deal on those I bet. <laughs> but, but also like when they're filling it up yeah uh when they're filling it up it's spilling everywhere they're yeah. wasting all this coke it's crazy yeah given that it seemed the movie seems to be kind of a comment on the automation of various human roles in society that the automation in that coke factory is Piss poor. Yeah. <laughs> Was, were, were we meant to interpret red wine guy as like Hispanic in some way? Or well, he's, he calls him a Latino? wop. I think he's supposed to be Italian. Right. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I, I think, yeah, he's drinking red wine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's a mafia Fazool. guy. Hey. Yeah. Robocop. <laughs> Robocop, where you come here? You shoot all of my guys. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> Wow, we're pulling out all the accents today. <laughs> Was there any Irishman in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to oh, try get it. Out, Robocop. <laughs> get a Robo. Get a Robo. What is it, Robo? Use your words. <laughs> all right. So, have we got Avenger uh, family? You say? Um, have we got any uh, notes? Uh, quotable notables uh, to uh, to round this discussion out? I uh, just a couple of little things that I wrote down that I found out along the way. Uh, Twenty seven years after the movie's release, Detroit actually did file for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Mm, sad. Yep. And was wasn't it? There was a Fun very fact. early Kickstarter. 
to erect a... Yeah, it's on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that, went, so, uh, no, they succeeded. that was so long ago, right? Yeah, there was but a But it was like when Kickstarter was like, have you heard so of... To, yeah, just yeah. to explain, they, they, there was a Kickstarter right. to make a big brass statue of Robocop hmm. in Detroit and, and make him like this, this hero the, of the city. Uh, the Rocky statue in Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. Which I'm totally, I'd be behind. That'd be great. It'd be amazing. I'd go see. I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Kane, any last notes? Um, The film has a lot to do with technology and has a lot of future technology and stuff, but it was before the rhythms of what digital technology is started to settle into discourse. Films now, uh, I think, are better at extrapolating what computing or technology of the future is going to be because it's ma- because it's digital te- so digital technology yeah. is mature checking out what alvin toffler is writing about what the future is going to be and- i don't even know who that is oh, wow. yeah but it's like now alvin, now it seems to me now it seems to me that that we just kind of we we know we know the path that we're on <laughs> they just high five just so you know <laughs> We know the path that we're on, and we just extrapolate out from it. But it's like this was this was just before kind of um, digital technology kind of set into the world. You know what I mean? It kind of has this weird kind of stilted feel where where it's uh, where it's you know it's cobbled together using what they had at the time. Yep, it just gives it a weird kind of like interesting feel to me. Mm. Mm. And um, I couldn't tell whether it was anti-union or pro-union. You know what I mean? I think it was uh, pro-union, but also pro the idea of the individual. I think it was yeah. That's, uh, holding those, those <laughs> You cannot have that both time. ways. No, no, you can. <laughs> like the union's great, but also we need an ubermensch to come and save us all yeah. from ourselves and our petty squabbles. Um, the man. So, uh, as your uh, this is your third uh, third trip to the Deja Review uh, <laughs> um, roundtable. Um, what uh, as far like what did you uh, did this film sort of meet your expectations? Did it? Did you enjoy it? I did. did. You, I really I enjoyed it. Like, and is I, it something in that a, you would a recommend much and less enjoy? complicated way than The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I think it pulled off the one liners. So much better. Just the, yeah. this this screenplay. I just oh, really. I just think they're just in another world away yeah. from the, yeah, the throwaway yeah. amusing one-liners of the rockets in another class altogether. They're genuinely really really funny. All of them, even yeah. when people yeah. just call someone an asshole or something, but they just do it <laughs> perfectly. And Kurtwood Smith is just. Like, yeah. is so good at it. And he's not your classic he's just, villain. He's like, he's he, he looks like the everyman. He looks yeah. like the He, he looks is, like the cool. everyman who can get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's just clearly relishing everything yeah, that he's yeah, doing. Like, he's know? really chewing up Bobby. the scenery. And, and also, Bobby. like, and, and a lot of the acting in this movie is, like, really bad, but uh, it works for the movie. Yeah, it's, the, it's, the hooting it's, and it's hollering so of every single yeah. bad guy in this movie yeah. somehow they ma- they managed to pull off way more than they should yeah just because the joie de vivre of this movie the way Miguel Ferrer is delivering lines is like so stilted yeah mm. it's so stilted and weird uh, but it works in the context of the film he's I, great when did he's Miguel so Ferrer yeah. like last year oh because he was in the like he's been in all the Twin Peaks so 
Um, not, no, that's um, that's uh, what's his name? The other Ray Wise. The devil, Ray Wise. No, Miguel Ferrer oh, Miguel is Ferrer. in. Oh uh, yeah, he's, he's an FBI. Yeah, he's yeah, FBI yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Um, but okay. Well, that's yeah. great. Like, uh, uh, you know, it's it's always nice when uh, you know <laughs> a film is chosen. That, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's of... it's kind of appalling in its own way, but I've got to say, it's well worth a watch if you're one. If you like me, somehow managed to miss the boat on Rewe Cop. It's not too late. No, you can have a good old time with this flick. And mm. and it, actually, the the one thing I just wanted to say was the the point of view shots when. Um, Robo is undergoing his uh, transformation into said mm. Robo. Yeah, um, like with the uh, the, the um, New Year's Eve party. The and New stuff Year's like Eve that. party. They mm. really managed to, to capture the like pathos of a sad work event mm-hmm. somehow, mm. and it just heightens the tragedy of what's of a bunch befalling. Of people who have been working like eighty-hour, hundred-hour weeks. Yeah, you know, and they're drunk the and, and wearing yeah. stupid outfits and acting stupidly, but somehow that just increases the tragedy of what's happening to this guy who mm. did not mm. have Or, like, you know, anything. like, just take the arm off and all of that sort yeah, of that, stuff that, as that well. That's the arm. We managed to keep the arm. No, I'm managing... The arm. Take the arm. I couldn't believe how much they managed to make that really heartrending. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. With no... Without seeing his reactions. He has no reactions to any mm. of this. Yeah. It's just through what's happening that around him. That whole sequence him. through Is his POV was so, so cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, with the New Year's Eve party yeah. and the whole, like, just the sequence of time. And yeah, all I imagine the, the, the way it was cut and, like, the fact that it's, like, this really wide lens and stuff. Yeah. It must have felt like it was quite quick cutting as yeah. well. And it was, it, it's that, really that must have felt really fucking... And yet really tells a story yeah. and yeah. also tells... Uh, the viewer about time passing. It does. Oh. So, it's so economical yeah. and interesting. Say, it's great and filmmaking. It's efficient filmmaking. The, yeah. Like yeah. you just you just got there with a camera. There's yeah. no special. Oh, yeah. you know, there's a there's yeah, the you little, know, some grid, little grid over the, yeah. the you know. But um, yeah. but yeah, like you can um, like that would have that's economical filmmaking in the sense that it's just like okay, so we can only afford so much of this, you know, actual robo. Like, yeah. how much can we tell this story it's through a that? Tight, tight. Time movie, and it just and, <laughs> and again, like it goes start, you know, yeah. Robocop start, yeah. and then it just goes movie and end, you know, that's it. Do you like, know what I appreciated about it as well, which which I think is is a uh, really is is an attribute, is that um, I think that a lot of films would spend a lot of time like kind of justifying or explaining the technology that has made him, you know what I mean? Like trying to yeah, world absolutely. build that. Yeah. Yep. They just, they just hand wave that away. Totally. You know what I mean? They don't address it. No, he's, he's a Robocop now. Yeah. They, they don't really address like to what degree is human and he's not and stuff is kind of like, it's alluded to, but, um, you know, I, I feel like more contemporary films like yeah, they, they, they try oh, to they try and, they try and spend time forever. like really making it feel like it makes sense, and by doing so, they make it feel like it makes less sense. Yeah, you know what but, I mean? but they manage to imbue so much humanity just in that scene we're talking about, where yeah. it's just the cuts through the process of him being created, where you're like, "Fuck this!" this person. <laughs> and also just a stable camera shot. Yeah, in, exactly. Like, it's just they would have just like, "All right, reset, reset, reset," kind yeah. of thing. Like it's yeah, there's no. <laughs> there's <laughs> Really deft shit happening here, mm. so yeah. you know. Definitely. All I can say is, it's the kind of film you can sit down, have a couple of bottles of wine, and uh, thoroughly enjoy. Or you could write a university dis- dissertation on it, and it wouldn't really. It, you could do either, and there it falls into a very or rare. Both. Or yeah. both. And it, 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 it there's or very both. few films that fall into that into that yeah. category. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to go to this well again in Flesh and Steel to making a <laughs> Robocop. 
I watched there's, there's, there's like a talking head. Yeah. There's a talking head, and like the lower third oh, yeah. lists him as Robocop expert. <laughs> and he just I would it. dearly, dearly love that to be my title. And I just want you to also give me credit here as someone who was taught cinema studies by Lacanian scholars. I have not been an asshole much on this podcast. So I think I deserve a pat on the back for that. Could have been so much worse. Sure. Just think about what I could have been saying about this yeah. movie, but think I didn't. Think about it, guys. Think about it. Think about Lacanian <laughs> theory. And Wobocop 2. Yeah. Wahoo! <laughs> While we're thinking about that, uh, thanks as always to Jeremy Wartsman of the Jackie Winter Group for providing the recording space. Uh, be sure to check out their podcast, Jackie Winter Gives You the Business. You can find us on Twitter at Deja underscore review. We're on we're Deja Review Podcast, all one word on Instagram, and you can email us at hello at Deja Review Podcast.com. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on all the streaming services. You can oh, just yeah, you know, made it to mates. Well done. Being on Spotify is Spotify good because it's yeah, great. Because you can see Seb's artwork on mm. every oh, episode, which yeah. um, which if you haven't looked, stop done. the podcast now. Stop. Yeah. Go stop and check it out. Stop it. Really? Why don't podcasts? apps pull yeah. in art for every episode you know why, because you most know of it can? sucks why? because no one is uh, you know how few podcasts would be no. as dedicated yeah. as us to uh, you know make uh, beautiful custom uh, artwork for every episode uh, yeah Pretty good. it's good fun have fun look we're having a good time <laughs> I and my cans over there is Keen Park to Daniel goodbye I love you Thank you very much. And our good old mate, Alex Heath. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I thank you for coming back. Really thank you for and, 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 th- and thank you for keeping the Locanian stuff to a minimum. Oh, so uh, I don't think I got any in there, but maybe a little I, bit of Deleuze and Guitari, but I, see if, anyone, if you can pick it. If anyone can email me and tell me what that is. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, I think that's a wrap. Goodbye, Murphy. That are alive, you are coming with me. Oh.